Today we're taking a look at the early season games. Only two games in for most teams, but worth discussing what's going on in fantasy. Joining me will be Noah Rubin. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls To the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. Uh, joining me today, as I said, Noah Rubin. have no idea if this is going to work. Uh, I'm recording from a hotel in New Orleans. The Wi-Fi is not super stable. Uh, we had some issues before going on the air, but we'll see if we've rectified those. Noah, thanks for um, jumping on. Very short notice. I was basically bored and I just wanted to talk to someone about <laughs> fantasy basketball. You know, I'm always down to talk about fantasy hoops or regular hoops or anything. It's actually exciting that we're getting to do a podcast for the first time where we're not on opposite sides of uh, the world. And one of us is getting up really early or staying up really late for us to be able to do a show. So we're pretty close to the same time zone, just one hour apart, which is awesome. One hour uh, and in a couple of days we'll be in the same time zone. So, uh, yeah, no, look, enjoying my time here. Uh, So far, we're off to the Pelicans home opener tonight, which... Should be fun. Um, I think we've got like some shoot around tickets, so we get to go and watch shoot around as well. So that's going to be fun. Uh, no, it's going to be good, but but plenty has happened in fantasy. Uh, I've tried to stay on top of it as much as I could. Although it's actually been tricky watching games at night because I'm so used <laughs> to watching them sort of from mid morning through to late afternoon. Um, I've I've actually had to. It's, it's just weird. It's it's an odd thing having the games on at night time for me uh and it's it's rough staying up to watch those west coast games and and it's going to be even harder when i get to the east coast so um i don't know do you stay up sort of most nights and watch (laughs) right to the end oh goodness i uh try not to when i'm not blurbing games so that i can at least have somewhat of a normal sleep schedule from time to time but now last night i was up blurbing games and writing our pickups of the day column for roto world so i didn't get to bed until about 2 a.m last night which was you know it's always fun uh having long nights of uh blurbing and watching the nba but at this point it's, it's still a new season it, it hasn't gotten uh to be feel like a grind yet it's just exciting that basketball's back so yeah yeah, I'm just flicking my camera around trying. I had a window in the background, but that was sort of weird. So um, this might be better. Uh, so I just thought we'd chat about, I don't know whether we'll get through all the teams. Maybe we'll just do the Western Conference or something and just go through team by team and, and any early season takeaways that we've got. Um, any moves, any drops, any ads, anything like that. Uh, normally I'm doing this off my my screen at home. I have my multiple screens going but today I'm going to be doing it off my phone because it's the second screen uh, that I have. So we'll just start with the – let me just go. So we'll start with the Western Conference, I think. Uh, That's probably a good place to start. Uh, Let me just bring up what I need here. Okay. 
Um, all right, so I'm going to just go top to bottom based on standings. Um, I know we're only two games in, but there are uh, three, well, four if you count the Pelicans, but they've only played one game. Uh, undefeated teams. We'll start with the Mavericks. Um, I think, like Luca, he was really good last night, obviously. Uh, Kyrie's been decent enough. Outside of those two guys, Derek Lively is probably the one that warrants a bit of discussion. He was really good in the first game. Barely played last night, despite starting. Only played 17 minutes. What are your thoughts on him? Is he... Like, is this just going to be something where he's he's up and down, a bit inconsistent, uh, like a lot of rookies are? And and what are your thoughts on last night's playing time? To me, it was more of a matchup kind of thing because, uh, as we saw, Dayron Sharp was a, a pretty popular streaming target. Um, I picked him up in one league and didn't work out. Do you think they just both teams just went small and, and so lively was phased out a bit? Yeah, I think that's pretty much what happened. I mean, we've seen Jason Kidd in past years not be shy about starting a center and then barely playing them. Like he did it with Dwight Powell quite a bit last year. So just because a guy is starting at center for Dallas doesn't mean that they're going to play 30 minutes or 25 minutes. So, But I I really do think this was more matchup dependent. Brooklyn was without Nick Claxton and decided, hmm, we're not going to have Dayron Sharp play at all. I had him in a DFS lineup and was pretty disappointed when I saw that he played three minutes which was great but they uh, had ben simmons and dorian finney smith in the homecoming game for him so dallas just adjusted and went small i mean having a rookie center try and compete with some of these veteran wing players even if they are more fours and i mean ben simmons really good with the ball in his hands even if he can't shoot but i think it was more of just kind of a matchup thing i'm not expecting Derek lively to go and play 30 minutes a game consistently but I think 25 is a fair estimate for him. And when he's on the court, like he's going to be good. He'll, he'll be a rookie, so the things will not always be consistent. But I uh, I don't think we'll see many more games like we did against uh, Brooklyn where there's just no center on the other team. So it kind of makes it hard for Jason Kidd to play lively big minutes. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about him moving forward. It was just a, a sucky game for him to not be able to play as much after having such an awesome debut. Yeah, so I think, I mean, biggest takeaway, don't drop him um, if, yeah. you, if you've got him. But check your waiver wires because maybe someone has dropped him. Um, if they added him and they're just annoyed that he only played 17 minutes, he might pop back up. So I think he'd be someone worth grabbing for the rest of the season. Um, no one else really on the Mavericks. Anyone for you? I mean, Josh Green, I guess, is sort of on the fringe. Um, he's, he's playing decent minutes, but there's no... I don't think there's anyone that warrants a lot of discussion on that roster. Are you kidding me, Adam? There's at least one guy that we have to at least discuss <laughs> after his awesome dunk. Well, that was a highlight, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, look, it was. <laughs> he's uh, he's playing minutes, at least. Um, we're referring to Dante Exum, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to bring up his, his stats from last night. Uh, where are we? Okay. As I work through on my phone, Dante Exum. Okay. Well, he played some minutes. No, not many minutes. Um, no. Yeah. Look, it, it's look. He had a steal and a block, uh, and, and, a, and a highlight dunk. I'm calling it a highlight dunk. It wasn't really a highlight, but it was a dunk. Um, <laughs> it was the highlight of his night. It was, and, and, and possibly, mine. and his season, possibly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, look. He, I mean, he's in the rotation somewhat. Um, ahead of Jaden Hardy, which is interesting. I, I 
I thought Jaden Hardy would have gotten some minutes early, but uh, they haven't gone to him at all yet. Yeah, which is a little disappointing in terms of my dynasty team. Uh, but it's yeah, it's early. Kyrie, Luca, one of them will get injured at some point, um, and then we can have a look at Jaden Hardy. Uh, so on to the next team, the Denver Nuggets. Again, not a lot from a fantasy perspective. I don't think um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope has been pretty good to start the season defensively. Offense will come and go, but he's going to play 34 minutes a night, probably. No Bruce Brown there. So he's probably worth rostering. Um, we've got our main guys. We know what they do. Any fringe value, anyone worth picking up or adding or anything from the Denver roster? I think it might be more of a, a deeper league thing. Um, or if you just have a roster spot and want to take an upside swing, Peyton Watson has looked pretty good. And he, I yeah. think he had three blocks last night and a steal. Like it's probably not enough for him to be worth rostering in a 12 team league, but maybe it's some, I mean, if Aaron Gordon has to miss time, like Peyton Watson should be a starter and should put up really big numbers. And I think we kind of know what to expect from him now a little bit, like in a limited role, he's looked good in a bigger role. I'd imagine he looks much better. Christian Brown is another guy. Zach was hyping him up for like the past mm. month or two, and I got him in a couple of leagues, and I'm pretty sure I dropped him in one after day one just because I was like, you know, he he's probably – like he's good at basketball. He's going to play a good role for them, um, and he probably will get better as the season goes on, but I just wasn't ready to hold on to him just because uh, Zach convinced me to draft him. He couldn't convince me to, to hold on to him through the struggles. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll blame Zach. Uh, he's yes, not here, so always. Yeah, easy, easy target. Um, yeah, look, not not much. As you said, I think Peyton Watson. If if uh, if Gordon gets injured at any point, uh, it's probably Peyton Watson who steps in. So just keep an eye. Um, Aaron Gordon's pretty durable. Um, history would tell us he'll play a good amount of games this season, but worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Oklahoma City are the other team that are two and zero. We don't really need to talk about Shea. He's been really good. Um, probably we want to... F- uh, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Chet. Uh, he had seven blocks last night after zero, I think, in the first game. So um, both he and, and Wemby were really strong last night. It's going to be a fun Rookie of the Year battle. Uh, I think those two are pretty clear one and two at the moment. We're only two games in, but projecting forward, I, I don't really see anyone challenging for Rookie of the Year, barring injuries, uh, if, if there's an injury or something. Um, Asar Thompson has looked pretty good as well, uh, but they would be the two, I think. Uh, any thoughts on Chet? Like, I mean, he's doing what we thought he might do. Um, the minutes, to me, are encouraging. Like, we, we weren't sure whether he was going to be eased into the rotation and, and played sort of 26 or 28 minutes, but it looks like they're just, they've embraced him and he, he's good to go. Yeah, that first game he only played 24 minutes, and I I know I had I saw multiple tweets. Had someone tweeted me and Zach just asking like, "Hey, like, are we still like, what do we think about Chet?" Um, I think that was that was Brad Altman, pretty active uh, on Twitter in our Roto World Q and A. But um, I'm not too concerned. I think first game it was his first NBA game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to say that because I don't remember for sure. But uh, Chet was awesome game two matched up with Evan Mobley who's in his third year. And a lot of people like, I really like Evan Mobley, especially long-term um, and Chet blocked three of his seven blocks were on Mobley and yeah. he had a monster double, double like any concerns after 
day one, he kind of answered with his performance in game two. Like he's going to be fantastic. Like you said, nobody else really going to compete for rookie of the year. I mean, Brandon, not to start getting on other teams, but Brandon Miller's look pretty good. We talked about lively a little bit. Scoot hasn't been great so far. Sarah Thompson has been, I think, good defensively, good uh, rebounding, but not as great with the ball in his hands a little bit. So no. it's it's a two-man race, but it's also two incredibly special rookies. Like most of the past however many years, like these would also be the top two guys. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't think of a, a season recently, at least, where we've had two. Maybe Zion and Ja Morant. They were both pretty good in their rookies. Well, Zion actually, he wasn't good, but... He was good when he was on the court. When he, he was, was on the court, played. yeah. Yeah, he was injured, so... Um, any concerns from you about Giddy? Uh, he's looked a little bit, uh, I don't know what the right word is. He, as we thought, he has probably, he's moved down the pecking order offensively um, with Chet there. Any concerns? He was sort of being drafted around 60-ish, 60, 70, um, and he, he hasn't lived up to that uh, level yet. But, I mean, he'll be better, I think, than he was yesterday, but... Are you worried that he was drafted too high? Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like you can say that he was drafted too high based on his performance. And like, I guess you'd probably be right so far. Um, but I think the upside's still there. I, I mean, he's not going to continue to shoot 36%. Neither is Jalen Williams. Um, I think it is a little bit concerning, but I'm not pushing the panic button at this point. It's been two games they're still all trying to figure out how to play together. I mean, SGA has been awesome. Chet was really good game too. Uh, I'm not concerned. I mean, he's still going to give you decent or really good uh, at some point rebound assist numbers. I, It is underwhelming so far, but I don't think I'm concerned yet. I'd probably give it a few more games uh, before I'm really concerned. But I mean, yeah, yeah. it's certainly been disappointing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, you think these things tend to level out and Lou Dort is not going to play or shoot as well as he did yesterday. So if he only scores 10, 12 points, someone's got to score an extra 12 or 14. Maybe that's giddy. So, um, yeah, I'm not not too worried just yet. Uh, the other undefeated team is the Pelicans. But as I said, they have only played one game against an understrength Grizzlies team. Uh, I don't know. Zion looked pretty good um, from what I saw. It's, it's actually harder here to watch games because they have – the ESPN games, they have the TNT games, so the live games. Whereas at home, it, it, I just have League Pass. That that's how we watch our games. It's just League Pass, so we can mm-hmm. flick from game to game to game. Whereas here, in the the hotel that we're in, or if we're at a sports yeah. bar, you just have to watch the game that's on TV. So I don't get to watch all eight games. I only get to watch two and then watch highlights of the others. So Zion looked good from what I saw. Um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on the Pelicans yet, or it's sort of too early to tell from just one game? Um, first of all, it's just like, isn't it crazy? Like how difficult it is to watch the the team that you're in the city of. Like, I'm, you know, I grew up around Atlanta, so Hawks fan, but yeah. I don't live in that like I guess district or area anymore for like what would be considered a local Hawks game. So yeah. now I'm in Charlotte's market. So I can't watch Charlotte, which sucks because I really like a lot of their young guys, but I'm able to watch the Hawks game on League Pass, which is helpful at least. But yeah, it's those, oh my goodness. It's uh, it's frustrating <laughs> not being able to watch either the uh, 
the national TV games on TNT or ESPN with League Pass or the local games on League Pass. Yeah. Very, definitely very frustrating. But as far as the Pelicans, I mean, it was good to see Zion back on the court. Aside from getting blocked by Jaron Jackson a handful of times, yeah, he, um, he still looked like Zion. So I, I don't know. I think that the Pelicans have a lot of talent there and uh, a lot of guys like that aren't able to see as many minutes as you'd like or as much of a role like Dyson Daniels has been able to play a little bit more with Jose Alvarado out, uh, which is encouraging Like to see him get more minutes. I think a lot of people really like his upside. But, I mean, CJ McCollum was fantastic game one. Um, the the category value for Zion and Brandon Ingram is going to look kind of bad because mm. they're pretty limited in some categories, and B.I. had a pretty bad uh, shooting night to start the year. But, I mean, it's kind of about what we expected uh, for the Pelicans. I mean, it has only been one game, so maybe things will change as they play a few more, but nothing uh, that stood out to me through one game. No. Uh, Lakers have played two games, two two televised games, uh, so easy to watch the Lakers, which I'm, ass- I'm assuming is just a thing over here. There's always lots of Lakers games on ESPN and TNT. Um, Lakers and Knicks are pretty consistent, and obviously like Boston and Golden yeah, State. Like yeah. the, the big market, really good teams are always on national TV. But Yeah, yeah, I figured that out pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, look, I think, I mean, LeBron, we, after that first game, they talk oh he's not going to play more than 30 minutes and then next game he comes out and plays 35 minutes so uh just another episode of coaches maybe stretching the truth a little bit um anthony davis was sort of in that first game he was i saw uh, again being over here i see a lot of the stuff on espn that we don't usually see at home a lot of the talk shows and the (laughs) <laughs> the follow-up shows the next day, and Anthony Davis copped quite a bit of flack for his second-half performance in that first game uh, where he didn't score. He was really good yesterday in, in, his, in his second game. What are, you, what are your thoughts on him? Like, uh, I took him in, a, in the first round in a couple of drafts, um, around pick eight or nine, I think. I'm pretty happy with what he's done so far. Um, do you think he can take over as this team's leader offensively or is it still LeBron's team? It, it's also funny before we talk about that, the fact that you were mentioning like the talk shows that you don't, don't normally watch. Like I just don't even think about that. Cause it's like, in my mind, it's like, I know to not watch those because <laughs> they're going to sit here and just make stuff up or just yeah. like try and push agendas and spin things. Like it doesn't matter what Anthony Davis does. They're going to have that same conversation about yeah, yeah. him being either, the you know is he uh good enough to lead the lakers and be an all-time or is he holding them back or like just like random things that you're like come on guys like it's very day-to-day like we're it's not the end of the world every time the lakers play a basketball game but yeah um i it, it does seem to me like he's kind of shifting into finally being the focal point of the team like i i remember i watched more of their first game than uh their game against the suns but uh like I tweeted out, like I've never watched LeBron James play basketball and see him just sit in the corner as much as I did mm. against, uh, what was it? It was, oh, against the Nuggets in game yeah. one. So Anthony Davis was pretty bad in that second half, but he was much better. I mean, it's not surprising that he was much better against a Suns team that's basically all brand new and Nurkic over yeah. a team that just won the NBA finals. Like it's not surprising that he was able to take advantage of that matchup a little bit more, especially when, you know, every time he plays bad, everybody in the country is 
tearing him down. So he's has a little bit of extra motivation. I guess that if you're good at uh, playing with a chip on your shoulder, playing for a team like the Lakers or the Knicks probably helps a little bit because every time you do anything, it's going to be amplified way more than with uh, playing for another team. But it, it seems to me like AD is the guy. I mean, hopefully, like it, like with a lot of these guys, like hopefully they can stay healthy. Like yeah, yeah. it hasn't been consistent health for them, but if they're able to stay healthy, they're going to be awesome when they're on the floor. And I know LeBron played 35 minutes. Um, I wouldn't imagine that happens consistently. I think they'll, they honestly will try and keep him at 28 to 30 minutes. Uh, I think if that allows them when games are close to play him a little bit more, but I think that if, if games aren't like neck and neck down the stretch that they're going to try and manage his minutes as much as possible, which is not great for fantasy, but if it keeps him healthier, it could end up being pretty good for fantasy. Mm -hmm. So time will tell. Yeah, and maybe the fact he was against KD that might have had something right. to do with it. Like right. a bit of it. they hadn't played against each other for so long. Um, so, yeah, no, I think I think he still will be close to that thirty minute range. Um, look, the other guys are doing their thing: D'Lo, Austin Reeves, um, Tori, and Prince. For anyone that ran and picked him up after that first game explosion, uh, saw the real Tori and Prince in the in the second game. So, um, hopefully, not too many people dropped anyone of, of of substance to pick him up um because he's he's not going to be a 12 team uh, asset this season mm-hmm. um onto the warriors uh now they're fresh in my mind because they played last night very late last night here uh we turned it off with about three minutes to go um curry's been great uh looney had a lot of rebounds chris paul has looked really good um which I think we sort of came around to late in the in the preseason. We at first it was how is he going to fit? What's his role going to be like? What's his value going to be like? And then I think we sort of came around and, and sort of figured no, no, look, I think they are going to use him quite a bit, and he he will fit in, and and I think he has, and uh, he's looked really good. So I think if you picked him up at what he was going at around ninety, eighty, maybe the mid seventies, closer to draft sort of that final weekend of drafting. Um, what are your thoughts on him so far? I'm not ready to go back on my kind of, I was saying kind of fade Chris Paul this year. It's like, I didn't draft him anywhere. I think that yep. it was too high. I mean, he has been getting a lot more assists than I expected. However, he has been starting with Draymond Green out. And I think yep. that is what's helped him a lot. And I think when Draymond's back, you know, they can experiment with starting Draymond at, at the five, but they're going to run into teams where they just can't do that. Teams that are just too big for them to be able to not start Kavon Looney and play him big minutes. So I think that'll limit Chris Paul's minutes and probably limit his assists because Draymond is going to be playmaking some. They may still want Chris Paul with the ball in his hands when he's on the floor, but Draymond will cut into the playmaking, cut into the minutes. So he has been much better than I expected, um, which I'll give him that credit, but uh, I'm not buying in long-term until I see what it looks like with Draymond in the rotation. Uh, and finally on, on Jonathan Kaminga, is he a 12 team ad? I think same, same thing. I'd probably, I probably wouldn't have an issue adding him until Draymond's back. But then when, when Draymond's back, like that cuts into his minutes as well. He's only played, like he's played 23.1 through two games. Yeah. So what is that cut down to like 20 when Draymond's back in the lineup? Is that enough for him to do much? And he hasn't obviously been nearly as good uh, during the first two games than he was during the preseason. 
in a much more limited role. So, you know, I, I think I, I just said like maybe yes, but I'm, and now I think I'm going to say maybe no. Yeah, look, I think I'd maybe stream him in. If it, look, they've played on yeah. low volume tonight, so maybe you could stream him in. But I thought Moses Moody has looked pretty good as well. So, yeah, I think once Draymond's back, there won't be enough minutes for him to be um, sort of a sustainable piece there on a standard league. Uh, onto the Suns, we just sort of spoke about them. They've had some injuries, so it's hard to get a good read on what their rotations are going to look like. Uh, Beal hasn't played yet with a back injury. Devin Booker, uh, I think he's officially questionable or doubtful. I don't know. He won't play. He just got ruled out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, he. I didn't think he'd play. Um, so, it's hard to know. Nurkic has been fine, I, I think. Just playing on this team where I, I guess expectations are a bit higher. Some of his flaws on the defensive end have, have been pretty obvious. Um, like you said, Anthony Davis sort of had a field day against him. And uh, he did have five fouls late. So he was sort of mm-hmm. probably hands off a little bit. Um, but I thought he'd been okay in terms of just his role. Uh, I think he's, his minutes are going to be pretty solid. Kevin Durant's looked great. Have you got any concerns about Beal here with this back injury? I mean, we haven't heard much about it in terms of how long he's going to be out or anything, but coming into the season, new team expectations, and he he has, doesn't even sound like he's close to playing. Any concerns there if you drafted him? I mean, yeah, it's probably, I mean it's definitely concerning the fact that he didn't play most of the preseason has now missed the first two games, and it's not like he's questionable and then ruled out. He's just immediately ruled out. So yeah. Hopefully they're not like withholding information and he genuinely is like pretty close, but they're just not willing to give a timeline yet. Um, but it's, it's concerning. I don't know what his ADP was off the top of my head, but I mean, I would imagine kind of mid rounds guy and nobody had super high expectations for him with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in the mix. But I think it's more disappointing just from like a fan of basketball standpoint. Like I just want to see how this team looks. Obviously it's still, matters for fantasy and how these three are going to fit together. And we won't know until it happens, but I really want to just watch those three guys play together in a regular season game. Uh, so, I mean, fingers crossed that Beal will be back sooner rather than later, but they haven't given us anything to really go off of at this point. No. And I think for, I picked up Eric Gordon in a couple of leagues just mm-hmm. as a, a stream guy. And I've just held on to him um, because he's getting, he's getting a lot of minutes uh, he'll get some threes. He can get some assists. He's not a high assist guy, but um, I think he's worth holding on to just for now until we get uh, either one of those guys back or both. Um, that's probably my biggest takeaway. I think Jordan Goodwin is another guy to consider. Yeah. He, he had 14, 6, 2, and 2 steals in their last yep. game. And if he still plays big minutes uh, tonight without those two guys there, then I think he could turn in a solid line as well. Yeah, yep, no, definitely. Um, they, they like him, I think, so he'll get... It doesn't look like he's going to start. I thought he might start in that last game, yeah. um, but he didn't. So, uh, But still, if he can play good minutes off the bench, he's worth a look. Uh, Sacramento coming off a loss last night. Pretty boring team in terms of fantasy for me. I mean, there's De'Aaron Fox, a bonus. We know what they're going to do. Harrison Barnes, if you need some cheap points, you can roster him. Um it's probably Keegan Murray. I think he's looked a lot more aggressive on offense uh, so far. What do, what do you sort of – what's your takeaways 
regarding his performances so far? I think he's looked really good. I mean, we knew he was lethal from deep and he's been even better this season than he was as a rookie where he was awesome. Um, I know it's early. So a lot of this nine category value stuff is pretty uh, hard to go off of, but he's just outside the top 50, but despite shooting 38% from the field. So, I mean, most of the value is going to come from threes, but he's at, he's got three steals, three blocks through two games, which is, encouraging if he's able to keep up some production on the defensive end but like you said it's not a very fun fantasy team because we know fox is going to be awesome we know sabonis is going to be awesome harrison barnes exploded in their first game but he's not going to be doing that consistently he's pretty average keegan murray probably has the most upside the one that's interesting to me is the shooting guard spot because kevin herter was the starter last year looks like he's gonna be a starter this year has started the first couple games but during the preseason they experimented started chris duarte over him and then Duarte got hurt that game, and it seemed like maybe that was going to be the end of that. But uh, Duarte ended up playing more minutes than both Malik Monk and Kevin Herter in their last game, and Hurst was not good. Like He shot over no. 5, didn't score. Um, Duarte wasn't good either. He shot 1 for 7, but he played more minutes. So I'm curious to – like that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, in our, yeah. in the, I wrote the pickups of the day for Roto World last night, and I mentioned Chris Duarte. And I think he's a guy that if you have a roster spot that maybe I would kind of take a chance on, but at least definitely be keeping an eye on him because if he takes over the starting role there, he was really good in Indiana playing alongside Sabonis. I wouldn't be shocked if he was able to give some good value uh, as the starter there. So it's it's something to keep an eye on because, I mean, really, Malik Monk has been pretty good, especially as a playmaker, but he also had that really fun dunk. But it's not a great fantasy team like it's it's not a ton of guys that are great for fantasy but i think duarte is worth keeping an eye on yeah i think pure fantasy value monk is probably the best of those three Mm -hmm. but i don't think they're going to start him i think they like him coming off the bench to run that second unit as you said i think he's had like eight and six assists or something um so far a lot of those are are to guys getting getting dunks so he's um he's looked good but but yeah he has it he only played 19 minutes or something yesterday, which isn't really enough uh, to be rostered in most standard leagues. Um, who's have we got next? The Clippers. Oh, look, I mean, the Clippers, when they're healthy, it's hard. I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're a good team. I think they're probably a team that a lot of people have overlooked because we're just not expecting them to be healthy. They haven't <laughs> been healthy for years. Uh, but when they're... When they've got all their guys, um, they they look good. So they're, they're very deep. But that doesn't necessarily lend itself to fantasy value. But to, um, sorry, um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have looked great. So we don't really need to talk about them. Terrence Mann was drafted probably in a few leagues and then didn't play because he sprained his ankle, I think. Um Hasn't played yet. I've had a few people reach out to me and say, is he worth a stash? I think if you've got a vacant IL spot or IR spot, he probably is just because they did announce him as the starter and he's probably going to play 30, 32 minutes a night. But we've seen him play big minutes before and not be a 12-team guy. So I'm not convinced he can put up value. Um, Outside of Kawhi, Paul George... I guess Zubats is a rosterable guy. He's pretty boring. Doesn't have much upside. Is there anyone there? Oh, Westbrook. We can talk about Westbrook. Um, 
who's probably worth rostering as well. But again, not not anyone, not someone that I've got on any of my teams. Only had four points yesterday. Um, I don't know. A- anyone excite you here from a fantasy perspective? Uh, maybe Bones Highland a little bit. He had a really yeah. good first game, but like, yeah, I think he's sitting behind Westbrook. We know he can score, get some assists and threes. That's about it. Did you see um, when Russ got the offensive rebound and then shot trying to uh, tie did. the game up? Yeah. And just I was watching that live and I was just like, man, that that is the Russell Westbrook effect <laughs> right there. That's prime what Russ. But did you see what Kawhi Leonard just like Kawhi's lost? Reaction. Like, he just dropped to the ground, like slammed. Like that was, yeah, man, that's a, but no, other than Paul George and Kawhi, <laughs> there's not really anybody here. I have Zubats in a league just cause I really needed rebounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, uh, what is, I guess, encouraging me a little bit, Paul George played 38 minutes and Kawhi played 37 last night. Cause yep. the game was close against Portland. It was a blowout. So they played a little bit less, but when they're on the court, like it's not like Kawhi at the beginning of last season where they were managing his minutes and, managing his games like it feels like when they're able to play like they're gonna play back-to-backs that's a whole nother story we'll see uh but they're uh, seeing them play big minutes is really encouraging for fantasy yeah i think so uh robert covington i mean i don't he's not he's not a, a, a fantasy guy anymore but has some streaming appeal if you need defensive stats and it is good to see him back in the rotation after basically falling out last season altogether uh, onto the Jazz, um, probably the I guess the talking point from yesterday's game is Walker Kessler only playing seventeen minutes, um, which again I, I trying to stay positive here. I think that was a matchup kind of thing, um, rather than them just not wanting to play him. Have you got any worries here with him? I mean, he's been pretty average to start the season. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of a matchup thing, but it still is kind of concerning through two mm-hmm. games that he's barely played. And even if you look at like permanent numbers, his blocks were incredible last year and they just haven't been that good this year. Yeah. So that is like, it is concerning. And I, I think I drafted him probably like round four or five most of the time. I think I haven't, I know I have him in at least one dynasty league. Um, which I'm less concerned about in Dynasty. I think he's still fine moving forward. It's just a very slow start. That is, I mean, it is concerning. Hopefully he can get back to playing big minutes, and when he's on the floor, he can be a really good shot blocker like he was as a rookie. But, I mean, it's definitely something. Uh, it's not something that's like you're going to drop him or anything like that. Like maybe you look to trade him, but his value is pretty low. So it's there's nothing you can do but really just wait at this point unless someone – offers you like fair value for him at this point. I wouldn't sell low on him because you can't, excuse me, you can't get worse. Like, I mean, I, I you, every time you say that, it's like, okay, like, well, maybe he actually <laughs> could get worse, but uh, I'd imagine that he's much better moving forward. Hopefully he'll be able to get, you know, 32 or 30, 32 minutes as opposed to them saying, ah, well, like 26 is probably his max. Cause that would be concerning. And on the flip side, I suppose John Collins has looked okay, uh, played pretty big minutes, um, probably looked better than I, than I thought he would. I didn't draft him anywhere, but mm-hmm. um, it looks like they're, they're going to utilise him quite a bit. And the other guy that's maybe surprised a little bit is Kelly Olenek. He, he was sort of – he fell off the radar. People just assumed he was going to come off the bench and play 16 minutes. The first game he did play 16 minutes, but he played 26 minutes – uh, 27 minutes yesterday, 
does he have a spot, do you think, on a 12-team roster? I don't think so. I think that it's going to start correcting itself over the next few games where Olenek plays probably closer to 16 minutes and Kessler plays more. Um, but he has played well to this point, so maybe that is another factor with keeping Walker Kessler off the be- or on the bench for more than we want him to be. Uh, Olenek has played well. Kessler just hasn't, I mean, at least by the numbers, looked as good as he was last year. John Collins is incredibly surprising to me because, mm-hmm. you know, it felt like in Atlanta, because obviously I watched all the games, and I, I think if anybody follows me, they probably know that I'm a relatively biased Haw- Hawks fan, but uh, every time that he was really having success, it was out of the pick and roll, and as soon as they brought in Clint Capella, he stopped having as much success specifically for fantasy because they weren't using him in as many pick and rolls, and I haven't got to watch the Jazz a ton, but they don't have some you know, elite playmaking point guard, like Clarkson and THC have each averaged six assists per game. But, you know, Trey Young is probably a top five, maybe top three pick and roll operator in the NBA. And well, excuse me, before this season. Um, And there's just no playmaker like that on this team. So I didn't expect him to have much success. He was, he wasn't a great rebounder outside of one, maybe two seasons in Atlanta, but he's averaged 11 and a half to two games. Like he's doing all the things that I really didn't expect him to do. So Good for him. I mean, to do well in a fresh start, I didn't expect it at all. So, uh, And just finally on their point guard situation, Taylor Horton Tucker has started both games, um, mm-hmm. along with Chris Dunn uh, and Keontae George. They're sort of, I guess, vying for that starting role. I feel like Keontae George is going to get it at some point. He he does look like the best option in terms of a, a pure point guard. Um but Horton Tucker's been all right. He's going to probably hurt your percentages. He can't shoot. So there are some flaws there. But is he someone that is worth holding at least for now? I think so. I know that some people were taking him in the last round or two. Uh, he started in the preseason yeah. starting now. So I think he's worth holding on to. I wouldn't drop him at this point, especially if you can deal with the, uh, the low field goal percentage. He wasn't a guy that I drafted anywhere. But until – Keontae George kind of takes over that starting role, which that could happen soon. It could wait until like the trade deadline. We'll see. Uh, I'd hold THD. Uh, San Antonio. Um, Weman Yama is obviously the player that's getting all the attention here. And he's been, I think he's been really good so far. Um, last night, his, his minutes were dead. They, t- they seem to be, e- no, I don't know if easing him in is the right word. He, he's not, playing big minutes. He played 27 last night or something, but a lot of those came in the last quarter um, because I was watching the box score and watched some highlights. He wasn't used a lot early. He was subbed off after the first five minutes. I was checking fouls. He didn't have foul issues. Mm -mm. Um, So I think they are being a little bit cautious with him, uh, but he was still really good come the end of the game. Some of those moves from the post were just stuff we haven't seen before, which we knew we knew coming into the season we'd see a lot of highlights, um, and we've already seen those. So I think he's he's probably as as advertised. What about those other guys though? Like Devin Vassell, I think has looked really aggressive on the offensive end. Uh, Sohan has looked pretty good at point guard. Uh, he's not going to be he's not going to get you eight, nine, ten assists a night, but. Um, Seems to have fit in pretty well there. Trey Jones, I still think, has value off the bench um, as an assists and steals streamer. Zach Collins, I think, has looked 
good. Um, he's not going to score a ton of points, but he's getting other stats. He's getting rebounds, defensive stats, some assists. So just, I guess, in general, what are your thoughts on the, the Spurs roster and, and are they living up to expectations? Yeah, I mean, I was very invested in the Spurs. I was very high on both Vassell and Zach Collins. But to start with Wemby, he played uh, 23 minutes in the first game, had a lot of foul trouble, which I think a lot of people yeah. were like, okay, like his minutes were limited by that. Second game, he played 31, but he played all of overtime. So it would have been 26 oh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 26 minutes with no fouls or no foul trouble, um, which is probably like, you know, they could just be easing him in. Like, obviously – think we've been kind of saying this i don't think anybody expected any different like they're not playing to win a championship this season mm-hmm. they're playing to start and like their dynasty because i think they're kind of expecting this young core with Wemby to kind of turn into a dynasty like i think that would be the expectation um is that they're focused on winning and being successful the next 15 years not just selling out for this year not they have Wemby. like they know better they're they're a smart organization so his minutes will be limited but the highlights are still there. Like he had that sequence where Jabari Smith tried to dunk on him. He blocked mm. it. Jabari Smith got the rebound, tried to put it back up, and he came out of nowhere and blocked it again. Like that was just absolutely insane. But uh, yeah, the numbers are still going to be there. He he's going to have those rookie issues of turnovers and field goal percentage is going to be a little bit low for a seven foot five guy because he takes threes. He missed all six, I think, of his attempts uh, last night from deep, uh, and just takes really tough shots. The defenses are focused on him. So despite being really tall, field goal percentage is going to be a little bit lower. Uh, Vassell's been great offensively. Hasn't given us as many defensive stats as maybe we were hoping mm-hmm. for, but been incredible offensively, which is, you know, really good to see. Well worth the money. Hopefully the defense comes so that it can be, he can be justified with the high draft pick um, this season because the nine cap value is a little bit low until he provides something other than buckets and threes. Uh, Zach Collins has been a little bit underwhelming to me. The assist steals and, uh, a block per game has been awesome, but the rebounds are a tad low, a little bit lower than I expected. I expected him to be coming away with closer to eight rebounds. Um, Wemby has been a little bit better rebounding than I expected him to be. Point Sohan has been fun, but Trey Jones is actually leading the team in assists. He has 14 mm. assists and just one turnover through two games. So definitely still holds value despite coming off the bench. He's actually also played more minutes than Sohan. So the starting unit, isn't as detrimental to or not being in a certain unit is as detrimental to Trey Jones as maybe uh, some may have thought when that was a first announced. So still like him moving forward, but they only have they have six guys worth rostering in uh, fantasy. And I think that was kind of the expectation coming in. Yeah. Uh, Timberwolves, another team that have only played one game so far. So, I mean, hard to take too much away, but I thought Gobert looked pretty good um, in, in his first game of the season. Uh, so that that's a positive. Um, any major talking points when looking at the Timberwolves roster or a little bit early to tell? I think it's early just because that first game they played was just so weird. There was, uh, I think it was 20 blocks and 17 steals between the two teams in that game, which was just insane. Uh, Anthony Edwards took 27 shots, Cat took 25, and then Rudy Gobert took 12, and the next highest was nine. So... Add, not really a surprise that Cat and Ant are the offense, but I mean, to that extent, it was kind of crazy. Um, the rebounds were off the charts for Ant, Gobert, and Cat, all of them having double digit rebounds. But there were plays where uh, Anthony Edwards found Gobert for some easier looks, which I think is really encouraging for him because last year, you know, after being kind of in the same role ish kind of thing for Utah, where 
they knew how to maximize him. Uh, he had a lot of fancy success in Utah, and then last year was kind of disappointing as they were figuring things out. But if they're able to get him involved in pick and rolls and then also allow him to just be the incredible defender that we know he is, then he'll be much better in fantasy than he was uh, last year in his first season with the team. So I think that is uh, a progression for Anthony Edwards is to be a little bit more of a playmaker out of the pick and roll because Conley's fine. Like he's a solid veteran point guard, but I think they really need Ant to be more of a playmaker if this team wants to go anywhere. So hopefully we can see that happen and that the field goal percentage will be better for Ant and Cat. Like not, they're not going to continue to shoot 30% for the field. It's just not going to happen. Yep. Uh, Onto the, the teams now that haven't, well, that are 0-2. Portland, look, I think Anthony Simons going down hurts them. Um, not that they were going to be good anyway, but it looks as though he's going to be out for six weeks, maybe seven weeks. Um, they're not going to rush him back, I don't think. So that does help Shaden Sharp. I think he's probably the biggest winner. Um, but watching them play... It's hard to see them winning a lot of games this season. Uh, I, I I haven't looked at the betting or the um, the odds or anything like that, but I would think they'd probably be favourite to have the worst record in the league. Um, I could be way off there, but they just don't look good. Scoot Henderson, rookie issues. That was to be expected if you drafted him. Um, DeAndre Ayton, someone I was down on a little bit compared to others, hasn't looked awesome um he he finished with like 14 and 15 i think last night but one assist zero steals zero blocks no free throws um so i'm i'm not upset that i didn't draft him at the, at this point what are you just in general i suppose when it comes to the blazers are you excited at all about anything <laughs> Excited to watch some of the young guys. But that's about it. That even goes <laughs> down a little bit more with Simon's out because I was really high on him this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think Scoot's going to – Scoot's been pretty bad so far when you look at mm. the numbers. Um, statistically, not saying he isn't a fun player to watch but um, and or that he's bad at basketball, but the numbers haven't really been there. Uh, but like you said, rookie point guard on a bad team, like that's just going to happen. Uh, Shaden Sharp definitely benefiting from Simon's. Being out, I was also pretty low on Aiton, um, after, especially after they acquired Robert Williams. I was kind of like, okay, so the minutes, you know, I, what has he played so far? Maybe the minutes have been fine. They, did he have foul trouble? Maybe, yeah, he had foul trouble that first game. So he played 23 yeah. minutes and played 30 in their second one. I think maybe that could have been 34 minutes if there was no Rob Williams there. But now he's going to be, you know, not dominating minutes. And he's going from a team where he was getting mad at Kevin Durant and Devin Booker for shooting too much and now he's playing with a bunch of young guys that aren't nearly as qualified as those two and they're all going to shoot the ball as well so he wasn't going to come in here and be dominating like he said he was going to no. be he wasn't going to be the focal point of the offense so i'm totally fine that i uh didn't draft him this year i i am in a uh points league that some friends from college asked me to to play in um and somebody dropped deandre Eaton, so i did pick him up but uh, Zach Levine was also just dropped in that league, so I'm trying to pick him up as well. So yeah, it's a, right. as you can, it's it's one of those uh, interesting interesting leagues where uh, people are just kind of doing it for fun. So hopefully that yeah. one works out for me, and I can get Zach Levine off of the waiver wire. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that'd be a very nice pickup. Um, another team that's probably going to struggle to win a lot of games is Houston. 
Uh, they're also 0-2 at the moment. One thing I think there was probably coming into the season, there were quite a few questions about their rotation and minutes and who's going to play. I think we've nailed down who's going to have fantasy value, um, at least for now. Once um, Tari Eason comes back, that might complicate things a little bit. But uh, I think it's basically the starters. Dylan Brooks has been okay. It pains me to say it, but but he has looked all right. Um, Jabari Smith, his minutes are there, but he still can't shoot. Um, I don't know if, when, if and when he's going to rectify that. Um what Fred Van Fleet, I mean, he he's done what we thought he would do. Shingoon playing 40, whatever it was yesterday, 42 minutes or something. That's awesome. Like I think we've been waiting for this for two years. There was some speculation as to whether they would run with him as that center full time or whether they would be concerned about his defense. But I thought he I thought or well, I think he's looked okay defensively. Um, had a really good stat line yesterday. Much like the Blazers, what are your thoughts on the Rockets just overall? Yeah, they looked really bad against Orlando, and then they didn't look quite as bad last night against the Spurs. Um, but they're still, you know, they're a young team trying to figure this out. They did add really good veterans, so hopefully that'll help them figure it out quicker. Like, I mean, I say really good veterans. Fred Van Vliet's awesome, and Dylan Brooks is going to impact something. We'll see what he impacts positively or negatively, but he's going to make an impact, and especially defensively. So, um, you know, they have exciting pieces. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for those guys to figure things out. Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are two guys that I'm a little bit lower on the consensus. So I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, see, I was right. But like, uh, they have struggled and I don't have them anywhere. So that's fine with me. Um, yeah. hopefully they're better moving forward. Like I'm not against them just cause I'm lower on them. But, uh, I think that against this, the game against the Spurs was, uh, more encouraging. And actually, I, I think Jalen Green was much better in, in game two than he was in game one. So I need to walk that back. But um, they have the pieces. I think Ime Udoka is going to, you know, if anything, coach harder now that they've lost their first two games. So Fred Van is going to be great. Shangun is going to be awesome. I think I was a little bit lower on him and it looks like I was wrong. Hopefully, Jabari Smith can play a little bit better. Um, Amen Thompson, you know, I think it was kind of expected. If he's going to be behind Fred Van Vliet, then maybe the minutes won't always be there. Tar Eason hopefully can mix things up a little bit and get some minutes because we know he's great for fantasy. But a lot of uh, questions are still need kind of answering in Houston over the next few day, or a few games before we really know what they're going to look like this year. And then the final team who are 0-2, who, who probably wouldn't put in that same basket of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, obviously, they've been hit by a couple of significant, well, absences, I won't say injuries, because Ja Morant is not injured. Uh, but with him out, Stephen Adams out for the season. I think Marcus Smart has looked pretty good. I've got him in a few teams, so I've been watching him closely. Um, Jaron Jackson's looked looked good as well. Tillman um, was sort of that hot pickup before the season when Stephen Adams was announced as out for the season. So I think anyone... him up has to be pretty happy with what he's done so far i don't know how sustainable it is which play and he has struggled a little bit to be a consistent producer so uh, i don't know i don't think he can be as good as he has been all season um Zaire williams has been interesting i'd say uh he's playing big minutes 
uh, hasn't really put it together from a production standpoint, but I have him in one league. It might be a slightly deeper league, uh, and I'm happy with what he's done. I mean, what, for you, is, is are they a team that are they going to look to win this season with just with with Jar out for a significant period and Stephen Adams done for the season? Do you think their mindset is still we want to push hard for as many wins as possible, or would they take their foot off the pedal at some point? Um, I don't think that they will take their foot off the pedal. I really think that they're going to try and just win. I mean, John Morant is out the first 25 games, and they're probably thinking, okay, cool. If we can play around 500 basketball, then we mm-hmm. get Ja back. And, you know, they were without Steven Adams last or for a good bit of last year. I don't remember how many he was able to play, but I know by the end of the year he had been out for a while. Um, you know, they're going to be able to hopefully compete for a playoff spot, a play-in spot. So they're not one of the four worst teams in the West. Like, they're going to be – at worst, when Ja comes back, 11th. And I think they'll be able to compete for a play-in. I, I don't think that there's any reason for them to have that mentality where it's like, eh, Ja's not playing the first third of the season. We don't have Steven Adams. Like, let's just kind of call it quits and try again next year. Like, that's not the team that they've shown themselves to be. And it's also not just like what I imagine that they would do uh, when they have Ja still young. So... Um, I think that their goal is probably 500 basketball until Jaw gets back, which is fine for a fantasy perspective. If things go haywire, then maybe things change. But uh, Desmond Bain was really good game one, really bad game two. Hopefully, he can play more like game one. But he's adjusting to be the number to being the number one guy in the offense. Uh, Marcus Smart's been great. Xavier Tillman's been much better than I expected. I know when the report for Steven Adams first came out. It's like, okay, like Xavier Tillman's going to be the guy there, but like how good is he really going to be? Because mm. when he was able to be a, a streaming option in the past, like he's been decent, but he hasn't been nearly as good as he was the first two games. So pretty encouraging to see that. Um, and I'd imagine the rest of the season, like he's solid. I don't think he'll be quite this good, but he should be a pretty good option, which is encouraging. Do you think, do you think they, because as you said, Adams was out towards the back end of last season through the playoffs and I think that's when they really struggled with him out and with Tillman at center. So do you think they're happy to roll with Tillman long-term or would they be on the lookout for someone that they can pick up cheap, whether it's a trade or a buyout or a, a veteran, something like that? Yeah. I mean, if they want to uh, give a 2033 second round draft pick for Clint Capella, then uh, if I'm the Hawks, I mean, obviously like, you know, something like that, not necessarily that low of value, but uh, they could, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Clint Capella was a guy that they targeted just because it, it kind of makes sense. Like he's much better than what his contract says. Like he's pretty cheap mm. uh, for his value. He's still a really good defender, really good rebounder. Um, I, if he didn't miss just two absolutely, arguably the easiest shots he's ever seen in his life, uh, against New York, then I probably wouldn't be even suggesting this because I'd want him on the team. But uh, he's a guy that I mean, they were lo- they were shopping him this off season. Um, if they're able to, like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Hawks try to trade him again, give more minutes to Kongwu. So maybe trading for Clint Capella makes sense. I'm sure there's other teams that have extra centers that can make sense as well. But Tillman's been great, so I don't think there's mm-hmm. a reason for them to try and find somebody else at this point. But we'll. Th- see if things change as the season progresses. Yeah, I think so. Um, Capella and Jaron Jackson would be 
uh, interesting pair of rim protectors there um, if, if they put them together. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. We, we've covered all of the, the Western Conference. Um, any final thoughts before I let you continue on with your day? Uh, not on the West and the East. I mean, I have my Hawks frustrations, but I, we can do a whole nother podcast we on can. that. So, uh, But no, it's great to have basketball back and uh, enjoy uh, getting to watch some live basketball tonight. I see that you are oddly excited for it. Oddly excited indeed, yes. Uh, we need to... <laughs> We need to head off in uh, what is it to uh, an hour, hour and a half. Head over and uh, and get ready for the game. So, no, excited to go. Um, and yeah, we might look to do a show. Oh, I don't know later, like in a week, a couple of days, whatever. I'll see what my, my schedule's like and what yours is like, and we'll see if we can get together yeah. and do a Eastern Conference show. Uh, that will do it then for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content uh, over at FBI Basketball. Dot com, uh, the Discord server. Matt Lawson seems to have he, – he's got a ton of stuff coming out at the moment on Twitter and, and a lot of player ranks over on our website. Uh, check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe. That would be great. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.